Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 27 of the Hooniverse podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker, and tonight I'm not joined by my proud partner of the podcast world, Blake Zygomatic Wrong. He's off doing famous automotive journalist stuff, probably re upping his CTSV driving school certificates. And at the moment, he's driving a Lotus Evora around somewhere not too far from here, blowing off the podcast. Uh, th that's not true. He has stuff to do. Uh, but instead, I'm joined by a special guest. We have senior vehicle dynamics engineer for TRD, Mr. Skip Esma. Skip, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, you'll play the role of Mr. Wrong tonight, uh, and you're already off to a better start because you've brought some beer. You bet. Tell us what you brought because you brought a lot. I brought the best uh, I could find in North Carolina. I brought some Green Man. Uh, I brought some Best Way. I brought some Highlands IPA. brought one of my favorites, Duck Rabbit. They're the dark beer specialist. That's what I'm drinking right now. I've seen this label before. I've always wanted to try it. I'm drinking the Duck Rabbit Hoppy Bunny ABA American Black Ale and made in Farmville, North Carolina. So this is some delicious stuff. Um, you brought a lot. I think we're going to have to let some of these smoking tire guys dip into it as well because we're using their podcast palace this evening. So thanks for bringing that. Um, but we're going to dive into new cars because we always start with, start with new cars. You listen to the podcast, right? Every day. So you know what's coming next. Uh, we have to talk new cars before we get into the fun that is old cars. Um, Frankfurt, the auto show is in full swing. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on over there. No? No, no sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I'm going to tell you some things about what's going on over there, and then we can see what you think. Right. Uh, one of the first things up is something called the Audi Nanook Quattro Concept. Uh, great name. <laughs> Not heard of that. Nanook, Nanook. Um, it, it's a weird name, but it's an on-road, off-road type of thing. Um, it looks kind of wild, but the amazing part is it has a 5-liter twin-turbocharged V10 that makes 544 horse and 738 pound-feet of torque. If I could interject for just a moment. Think diesel R8 with a slight lift. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. Well, and since you're a chassis guy, it can raise and lower the suspension. Okay. Um, and... It uh, has a top speed of nearly 189 miles an hour. Wow. And it gets 30 miles per gallon. Does it look like an all-road or this is something no, completely no, it different looks, than... No, no, it looks like um, there was actually a Lamborghini-ish concept. There was a concept based on a Lamborghini called the Parkour um, like, uh, at Geneva last year. And it's essentially that with a little bit less Lamborghini in this. Okay. So uh, Chris will pull up a picture while we move on. Um, next on my list is BMW has finally revealed the i8. Uh, the i8 is basically um, gas, electric, hybrid, but supercar, halo type thing. Looks super futuristic. Um, it's coming in 2014. The price tag is going to be $135,000, but there's a reason for that. Oh, wait, here's oh, a picture. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's like Chris said. It's like an R8 with more body and a lift. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks uh, airbagged almost. It's definitely it? concept suspension. -y. I think it's actually wishbones. Okay. Um, not that it can't you know, have bags or anything. but um, So back to the i8. This thing has two motors, um, which will be fun to work on in 40 years. But it has a, a turbocharged three-cylinder, one-and-a-half-liter motor that does 231 horse, 236 torque, and sends the power out to the back. Sounds good. Sounds good. But, you know, you need more. So, up front, they have a 96-kilowatt electric motor. Are you, oh, you got a picture of this oh, one yeah. now? Yeah. So, up front, there's a motor for the front wheels that does 131 horse and 182 torque. So, total output of that thing right there is 362 horsepower and 420 pound-feet of torque. And beautiful styling. Yes. 
So it makes sense when the, you hear the price tag 135000 because it's going to be super exclusive. Yep. Uh, zero to 62 miles per hour in 4.4 seconds and 94 miles per gallon. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, you always hear the cliche, having your cake and eat it too, but that's like having your green vegetables and pounding your wine too. <laughs> like it's just, it's doing everything perfectly. Um, the other big news, I think you'll like this one. Uh, so, so Porsche came out swinging at Frankfurt with the 918 Spider. Have you seen pictures of that yes, one? Yeah. That one's wild. Yeah. Um, recently on our last podcast, we mentioned that McLaren didn't want to announce its ring time for the P1. Uh, because the word is it came in at seven minutes and four seconds. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want to announce that because they're trying to go for six. And it's it's a good thing they haven't officially announced it because uh, Porsche announced today the 918 Spider lapped the ring six minutes and 57 seconds. Phenomenal. Fastest production car ever, not counting the Radical, which doesn't count. I mean, that's... That's wild. It's very surprising because early on they were saying that it was doing 714s, 716s. Yeah, the in prototypes. That range. Right. And they were they probably were, being coy. We weren't, nobody was expecting them to, to hit this mark. It's uh, pretty astounding. Walter Roll was probably one handing it around the goddamn ring. <laughs> um, but the thing is, if you watch in the video, I mean, you've seen tons of racing video. You, yep. You're very immersed in the racing world. When someone's pushing it, it looks like they're pushing it. And whoever did the video, oh, I forget the guy's name. In the video, the driver who actually was in the video, um, Chris is checking now. Um, he looks calm. It even looks like the car's understeering in parts, and he's fighting it, even though I'm sure it's not. Uh, he looks relaxed to be doing an under seven minute ring run. Mark Lieb. Mark Lieb. I don't know what you look like when you're hustling on your favorite backcountry North Carolina roads. I'm I look sh- upside down typically, right. and that's yeah, really bad. Actually, but... I think we have a story about that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Something uh, about cars in North Carolina. I've, I've heard a number of good stories there. But are, we, are we... you allowed to tell us your story? Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you the story. Want right. to hear it now? Yeah, let's do okay. it now. Um, I had my uh, uh, Cyan XB with the TRD options, uh, big 19-inch wheels, uh, PS2 tires. But the company was car, was right? Le- lease vehicle, right? Yeah. It was nine degrees outside, and I found that the PS2s have no grip. At nine yeah, they're not. Degrees. They're not made for. They're not all season. No. I think he might be the only person that's ever put PS2s on an XB. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. It's like how uh, I forget what tires um, Alan had on his Fit. With oh, the H- it's the only yeah. Fit with HRE wheels. I'm sure he had something. I think the wheels were almost as much as the vehicle was. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Uh, <laughs> those are expensive wheels. Um, so that ring time for the 918. Uh, not on Michelin P2s. I would imagine it was on like super sports. Uh, average speed was 111. And that's a, I mean, I've heard, I've never been, I've heard it's a very tight road. Which one's the? The ring. The ring? Yeah. You know, Matt would be able to tell us. Ah. Yes. Yeah, to have an average speed above 100. 111. That's impressive. That's crazy over, you know, X number of miles. That's yeah. wild. What's top speed? Uh, I don't know what their top speed was. You could see at one point, though, in the Speedo, they crested 300 kilometers, it looked like, if you looked close. So that's 186 miles an hour. So that's fast. In less than a decade, we've gone from seven and a half minutes around the ring being considered extremely fast to now we're sub seven minutes. Yeah. Well, but you know what's funny? If you watch this 918 Spider video, you know which video is still way more exciting? The roof, CT, the yellow bird. Yeah. That from like whatever, 80, late 80s, early 90s. There's that more drama. Incredible. That yeah. dude's in like jeans and a t-shirt and like flip-flops and he's flinging that thing. That's a, that's a wild car. That's a great, great video. Um, but I mean, it's a massive accomplishment and it's no wonder McLaren's been quiet. Um, 
Moving on to another car that's not as exciting. Um, Jaguar revealed their CX-17. It's a Jaguar crossover. We're pulling up a picture right now so Skip can see it. But my question, Skip, there's already kind of a Jaguar crossover SUV out there, and it's called a Land Rover. Good point. Why, why is Jaguar... I mean, I know why they want to do it, and I, I guarantee I'll see 50 of them in Newport Beach the day it goes on sale. But I just hope it makes Land Rovers maybe fade a little bit so that they, they become more of those off-road machines they're supposed to be, and less of the grocery getter mommy mobiles, which I doubt will happen. But I, mean, I, I just don't see a need for that one. Here we go. Well, it seems like everybody I mean, needs it's, it's one. It's not an the... ugly thing. No, it's nice looking. It wears the, the front face nice. It looks to me this is like their, this is like their Evoke. Yeah, but that's also a Land Rover. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, I mean, they don't need it. You know. um, Can I say it's Volvo-ish looking? Yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. That's yeah. a very good point. Um, so, but let's move on to something that can actually go off-road, and it's my favorite from Frankfurt. It's the Brabus B63. You have to pull this up for him so we can see this. Mm -hmm. It's the Brabus. You know Brabus, the Mercedes. You bet. B63S 700 6x6. Now, I don't know if you saw Mercedes made... A G class, you know, they're, they're yeah, they're yeah, go very on the cool. They yeah. did a six wheel version. What was the model number on that again? Brabus B six three S dash seven hundred. But the seven hundred stands for seven hundred horsepower. Oh boy! So they took this already one of two Mercedes vehicle. Mercedes only made two so far. They said they'd make more if people wanted them, and it was something like four hundred grand to buy the Mercedes ones. So Brabus added larger turbos. They revised the engine tuning. They put some gold plating in the engine for cooling. Um, and I want that, and I want to drive it for the rest of my life. I need this Every for a tow vehicle. I, I need that. This is perfect. To just go do anything. It's amazing, you know. But what would you think that costs? That's a production car. Well, it's it's a Brabus, so it's yes, it's it's an aftermarket version. I mean, I'm guessing three, four hundred grand. No, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! And I and I would sell both of my kidneys, have Brabus install a dialysis <laughs> machine, and I'd live in it. This thing is this is this it's a Saudi Dune Runner. That's yes. what it is. Well, yeah. that's what the yeah. the G sixty three version was already supposed to be. Yeah. So this is for people who can already afford to live on Mars. Um, and they're there. The Actually, this is the appropriate vehicle for Mars. It is Mars. the appropriate vehicle for Mars. It's just um, missing the Sprinter van body on the back, I think, right? That would be awesome. Yeah. I think I, I think I would actually enjoy that more. Mm. Do this same output with the, with the six-wheel drive setup right. in the Sprinter van. Yeah. And then have like a little studio apartment. We just figured it out. Uh, uh, you know what? That's the, that's the vehicle to explore for Mars. For the price of a nice condo here in Southern California, I can do that. Well, for like an all-right condo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you need to... Look elsewhere. Well, well, I was thinking for the seven hundred and fifty grand price. There. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, now, yeah, you're right. If a driver pulled up with that in the motorhome lot at the racetrack, I mean, he'd blow everybody else he'd away. Have a win. That's a gimme. He'd have a win. Yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised because I mean, you've been to some, you've been to tons of races. I've been to a few races, and we've both been to cheap car races. It's amazing what people bring to cheap car races. There's still crazy coaches at those things. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of racing, I mean, that's what you do. Your title Senior Vehicle Dynamics Engineer for TRD. Uh, can you tell us exactly what that means? We, uh, we basically provide racing vehicle dynamics, uh, chassis development support for the Toyota racing teams. Um, so what type, of, what type of racing does that encompass? Currently, uh, NASCAR is our focus. Okay. Cup. You know, we want to win a cup championship. That's why we're here. 
Uh, we do have other programs. You probably recently saw the uh, electric vehicle at Pikes Peak. Yep, yep. Um, that was uh, run out of our facility, but NASCAR is our focus. Do, do you guys do trucks too or no? We do. Okay. Yeah, so all, all That's of Craftsman, the, right? Correct. Yeah. And kind of crazy, but I think the truck series is almost more interesting. These well, days. they finally ran on dirt, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, get those things sideways. And, um, and Mossport this year. Oh, they are, really? Just last month they ran nice. Mossport. Uh, that's pretty sweet. Because yeah. um, that, that track's uh, it's owned by Ron White now, I think. No, not not Ron White. Isn't that the comedian? Yeah. Not Ron, that would uh, actually Ron be the Fellows. best thing that ever happened <laughs> yeah, to that, that racing it's series. Welcome to Tater Salad. No, um, it's I meant Ron Fellows. Tater Ron Salad White. International Raceway. Yeah. Okay. And like, hair care salon. We just uh, yeah. So Ron, <laughs> sorry Ron Fellows, uh, and sorry Ron White. Unless you want to be involved. I don't in think racing. that's an insult to either of them. It isn't. It isn't. Well, I mean, maybe to to Ron Fellows. Um, now, I have a question about NASCAR because it's it's not my personal favorite form of motorsports i and i but i don't bag it because i know it takes tremendous talent like the, the guys aren't just going left they're driving the shit out of those cars that are making tremendous horsepower and things can go wrong at any moment it's it's very difficult and very dangerous um but i have a question why can't nascar work to emulate the australian v8 supercar series just thinking the same thing that's so amazing, and it's almost the same idea that just grew to two different directions. Correct. So, like the V8 supercar guys are are mixing it up, and the NASCAR guys mix it up too. It's just for some reason when I watch NASCAR, I can appreciate what they're doing very much, uh, very much. But when I watch Australian V8 supercars, I'm on the edge of my seat. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think we do get a lot of that at the road courses. I mean, you, you watch do. a NASCAR road course race, and it is a lot like V8 supercars. I think it's just what the fans want here, and if they That's want true. oval racing. But uh, right. I think the drivers, the guys that work in it, and the fans, they love the road courses. I mean, the ovals are our mainstay, yeah. but the road courses are The ovals blast. are parties for the fans, yeah. uh, and I'm dying to go to the infield at one of these races because I've heard it's awesome. Um, but I, I met a, a gentleman on uh, Sunday up in Mulholland, it's a uh, he's currently a, a stunt driver right now, but he used to he used to turn wheel for uh, Ford and Falcons in uh, in Australia. Oh, that's awesome! Doing the supercar V8 supercar series. Yeah, and he was. It's funny. He goes, you know, this is uh, an approximation of what NASCAR would be if uh, they knew how to turn both directions. Uh, and they do. So they like and to talk do. a little shit. They and they do. do. Um, they do. They just don't get to show it as often as maybe some of them would like. I mean, sure, this. I'm sure some of them prefer ovals, and then some of them can't wait to get to road courses. And I tell you what. It's it's surprising how they adapt, and I really think that makes them tremendous drivers. Just a, the ability to go from the ovals and the variety of ovals to the road courses, it's really difficult, and they're good at it. Yeah. I think the greatest racing series might, of all time might be NASCAR versus V8 supercar drivers. Wouldn't be cool? <laughs> That'd be awesome. What yeah. about NASCARs in the Coliseum to recreate stadium trucks on lifted <laughs> chassis? Only <laughs> only if you get to feed the losers to the lions. There we go. Yeah, now we're getting yeah. All right. Um so do you have a favorite form of motorsports or or did we touch on it and it is NASCAR? Well, currently my favorite form of motorsports is karting, but oh. only because I spend every weekend at the track with my son. But uh I love all forms of motorsports. I really do. Uh, you know, from the global rally cross F one. My my background is IndyCar. Uh I mean that's I love that still. Sports car racing, I don't think any motorsport is bad. Yeah, that yeah, I, I I do have to agree with you on that. Now you just mentioned um, your son is racing karts. Uh, how old is he? He's just turned sixteen. And how's he doing? He's doing very well. Uh, he just ran the Rotex U.S. Nationals uh, last month at the Mooresville Motorplex. 
He was uh, ranked fourth in the nation coming in. Damn. Um, we had a lot. There was a lot of crashes in action, so we yeah. didn't finish quite where we wanted to, but he's, he's doing very well. Coming in fourth, though, I mean, this is clearly more than just a little hobby. It's pretty serious. The kid's got some talent. Uh, he's coming along. Sound, you know? It sounds like he's got oh, talent. Don't be totally immodest. You just showed us some videos that he's got some talent. Right. Well, but you mentioned drivers that look very smooth Yeah. are the fastest. And that is absolutely true in any form of motorsports. And I think, you know, you've got to work at it. And if drivers work at it, it shows. And, yeah. You know, if you're 16 years old, you got to work at it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that one of my favorite um, uh, demonstrations of why smooth driving is better, I was sitting in a car with uh, Davy Jones, which is amazing in itself. I mean, last American win Le Mans, uh, he's won Daytona, he's won tons so of stuff. So not of the monkeys. Not <laughs> of the monkeys. No, not that Davey. Um, and we're at a Jaguar R Performance Driving Academy, and he's about to show me a run on this autocross course. And in front of us is a younger Andretti, and I can't remember which one it is. I think it was like Mario's nephew. Jeff? It wasn't Jeff. It might have been like Adam, maybe? Uh, I oh, don't Jared this, or John? Maybe. Oh. I don't know. Okay. I forget which one it was. Pass. Uh, really, ni very nice guy. Loves drifting. Likes getting the tail out. And he leaves in front of us. And he's wild through the corners. He's doing all this stuff. Doing all this stuff. Davey calmly leans over to me and he goes, "That's why he races Indy Lights." And and then he goes, and it was hilarious. And he's ultra smooth and you know, way more, way faster. It was. And I also got to ride with Roberto Guerrero, who's lightning quick and lightning smooth and it was it was a great demonstration of how if you're smooth you're fast yeah it was really neat to see that however if you're not fast there's always oversteer <laughs> yes and it's fun it is get the crowd into it uh and keep your tire sponsors either happy or mad um now he's not old enough to drive yet on the streets then is he or just is he getting right his license okay that's, yeah. I wonder how that's going to translate. It will be interesting. There's some nervous parents. Is he going to be like left foot braking the whatever cheap POS you're going to buy him to drive? Or, he, or is he getting a nice little car? He's going to drive my Scion probably. Okay. And he's, uh, he's already practicing double clutching and heel toe. And you got to get him like a beater. Well, no, I was going to say Miata, but I, maybe something even slower so that he gets so good at the slow car fast that it's a good point. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I think you've got a Civic for him, don't you? <laughs> I do. Front wheel drive, total different ball game for him. Uh, <laughs> You know, well, he'll be racing at 82 Celica at a chump car race near oh, you Oh, sweet. Soon, so there so, we go. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should keep it street legal. Oh, that'd be neat. Keep it street legal. Let him, you know, like as fast as you can make this car because he can't make it that fast unless he spends money. And he probably doesn't have money because he's a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, and it's all going into that car <laughs> probably too. But make him uh, just build that car up, keep the taillights in it, keep the glass in it, and, and make him run that. Talk about dangerous and ticket magnet. Yeah. yeah. If, if there was no consequence, though, to the driving test and just terrifying the, oh, <laughs> terrifying yeah. the instructor, if there was never a if kid could, better equipped for this. Right. If you, you could know? borrow, like, an FRS from someone at work and just have them pull up in that, and, or like a light, like the Crawford BRZ or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have them show up in something like that and just sideways right out of the gate. Three-point turn. Why do we do that? We can just drop the clutch. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, when are you guys doing Chump Car? Uh, I think the first race is November for us. Which course? We're going to do Charlotte. Nice. Yeah. Do they? Is there an infield course there, or there is an infield course, and they use a large portion of the oval. Oh, they so do. It's really oh, fast. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and what? Eighty-two Celica, you said? Yes. That's kind of sweet. And it's already been campaigned by a coworker of mine, and his his sons are now off in uh, at Clemson, and so it's kind of passed down through the Toyota family. Nice. How many people run on a chump car team? I believe it's four. Okay. Four ish. 
And then do they do full 24 hours or how's it work? Because I've only done lemons. I, that's a good question. I know they do two-hour stints, but I'm not sure what the total duration two hour is. Two-hour stints of racing or each driver does a two-hour stint? Each driver does a two-hour stint. But the whole race is still going, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That uh, should be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I've always I've wanted to try out Chump Car. I've been I, I think our, our friend Matt Farah prefers Chump Car, who's in the other room, and I prefer Lemons just because Lemons is kind of zany, and I like I like zazz and zaniness. You you are Mr. Hooniverse. <laughs> those are two words I need to use for Blake, by the way, for the next podcast. Zazz and I zany. Write, I should write those down. Um, so that's that's pretty wonderful stuff that he's he's doing the carts, he's doing the Chump Car. Um, but now back to you with the racing. You're obviously in California right now. Um, TRD has an office out here where they're doing engine stuff or that super tox- top secret stuff. So besides what you've been doing there, what have you been doing outside while you've been here? Any cool car stuff? We went to the Peterson Museum straight from the airport on Sunday, oh. and I have to say that was phenomenal. That's a good stop. I yeah. like that you went straight from the airport. Oh, yeah. It shows priority. Well, we did stop for some Mexican Did you see the, uh, the mock-ups of the new version of the museum that they're doing? We did. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's going to be neat looking. Neat, neat facade. Um, what, any, what caught your eye there? There was a Rolls-Royce, and I can't remember which model, in the vault. And I have to say the vault was amazing. It is amazing. They spent three hours with uh, on a tour of just the two of us from TRD. It was great. Um, Who was, showed you around? Uh, his first name was Peter. Okay. I don't recall his last name. Last name, name was, was Sun. No, I, <laughs> no, I wasn't that one. But, <laughs> I'm but just curious. Was, I know a couple guys over there. <laughs> okay. It was terrific. There was a, uh, a Can-Am car in the basement that they didn't have a history on. Really? And for some reason, to, that was my favorite just because that's it awesome. took like, me back. The mystery race car. Yeah. Oh, it's like the unknown soldier. Worth. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I mean, there's got to be someone out there if you went to like out to Pomona or Riverside. They're like, oh, that's, that's Jerry Stevenbacher's race car. Yeah, I campaigned against that in 68. And there's got to be someone who knows. That's, that's awesome. For um, sure. And w- one of my favorite cars from in the basement is uh, FDR's limo. Because it's just how, how the glass and how big the doors are, and it, that car has a present. I mean, it's FDR. Yeah. One of the best presidents ever, at least according to the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, different than J. Edgar Hoover's limo that actually conveniently changes into a completely different car when nobody's looking. Yeah. <laughs> ah, and zing. Had, and they had the only Pope mobile that was never, that the oh, Pope never right. rode in. Oh, I Remember saw that. that. It was because yeah. uh, it, it wasn't covered or something, right? Correct. And uh, it wasn't a Mercedes. It's a Caddy. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, on that note, speaking of the Pope, who probably loves alcohol, we're going to take a break to refuel our beer, and uh, we'll be right back with more. This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. So we're back, and we're filled up with delicious, hoppy goodness. Uh, Skip, i got to tell you, this is a good one. Tell us what this is. That is uh, the Hop, Drop, and Roll from Noda. Brewing Company in Charlotte. Charlotte. And this is, is a great beer. This is an argument to move to Charlotte. This is that good. This is a really, really good beer I'm having here right now. Uh, delightfully hoppy, but uh, it also tastes fresh, um, which is like the big trend in California right now. Um, not just California, but they do like their beer extra hoppy. And the, the key is to just cram them, get them to market, and sell super fresh hops. Okay. And this has that taste. And I don't think it's it's done in the same style, so that's that's actually really really impressive. And what do you think a, about I'm the? Uh... Take a sip right here, so everybody can hear it. <sighs> the oh. audio on that was actually excellent. <laughs> good. <laughs> How was the Hoppy Bunny? Uh, Hoppy Bunny was good. This is 
10 times better. Okay. Um, this is a really, really good one. Um, and then uh, we got you some California beer. Indeed. You are drinking some Hop Stupid from Lagunitas. Which so. I've never had, and this is excellent, yeah, too. Yeah, uh, Hop Stupid kicks some, some booty. Um, now, I want to get into, besides the beer, because we'll, we'll probably come back to that, um, but what type of cars do you like besides racing cars and carts? Like, what if you could go out and buy something to put in your garage, what, what would it be? I like I like cars that are borderline race cars okay. on the street. Is that I like because all of heads. is that because of your background with chassis dynamics? It's probably that. It's or probably just in uh, I think in general. I think cars, for my taste, have become too refined. So you probably like what we drove up here in that. That Miata was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you um, like a little bit of rawness to the ride. Yes. So, so like a GT3 is pretty high on your list. That would be perfect, and I love that you guys talk about that car because that's a great car. The yeah. um, just so everybody knows, uh, I picked Skip up because he was staying near my house, and we drove up in the Mazda Super 20, which is essentially, I mean, it's almost like a concept car for the street. It was a SEMA show car from, shit, now probably 2010. Um, yeah, I think that's It's been exactly, repainted yeah. since that show, and it's a supercharged Miata with some interior bits removed. Um, a Cosworth sourced supercharger, so the and it's an NC Miata, and it makes around 250 horsepower with a six-speed manual gearbox, a half cage. Um, it's it's fun. I think it's, the wheelbases are not. I think it's the stance is stretched out a little bit to the corners. Uh, it's got good rubber. It's got great suspension. It's wicked. Yeah, it, it fixes it's the wicked. only problem that the Miata has, and that's power. Yep. And and it's not even a, a bad problem as the Miatas sit. No. You know, they're they're still fun as they sit. Oh, they're great cars. Now, just, though, you get spoiled awesome. in other yeah. things. Yeah, and it, because it's rear-wheel drive, it can take the extra power, and the extra power isn't too much. It's not 400 horsepower. That's why I've always been curious how good those V8 Miatas actually are, because I know that Flying Miata does amazing work, mm -hmm. and they're the best at doing that stuff. But you're adding so much weight to the nose, even though I think they argue that uh, I think 302s don't actually weigh that no, much. It's not the 302. It's the LS because the oh, LS okay. is significantly lighter. I think it's only – at the end of the day, I think it's only like a 50 or 60-pound difference between the Miata motor and putting an LS V8 in there. Right. Still need big tires on that, though, to handle that. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that weight, though, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they get it as close to the firewall as I can, but, it, I mean, they probably can't because of what they're putting it into. So I, yeah. I know those guys know what they're doing. I just really want to drive it to see what it's like. And I'm sure if I drive it, I'd be like, this is the best car ever. So I, I have to ask you, on, on a small chassis like that that doesn't originally have that kind of power, what would you do to the suspension to actually make that a little more manageable? You're definitely going to need to stiffen Good things question. up. I mean, you're, you know, bushings, springs, you're going to need to just make it that, so that it can handle that, that torque. Yeah. Um, and then and it does. Would you see any like? Does. Would you see any deflection on like? I, I, is that a five link setup on that, or is that a dual, dual wishbone? I Miata? think it's just bushings. No, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> what, would you have on any bump stops? Would you have like a deflection problem with that kind of power in a chassis like that? You or? Definitely would. Yeah, yeah, you would see that. You know, it's kind of like we we take uh, uh, the NASCAR vehicles and we you know we do our structural testing on them. Um, you know, if you had two hundred horsepower in it, wouldn't be an issue. But you put you know. Six over eight hundred horsepower. It's, yeah. it's it's an issue. So for sure. Eight hundred horsepower would be fun. Yeah, I think everything switched over to fuel injection at this point, right? Oh, yes. really? Yeah, I didn't know that. What kind of still carbureted? What kind of a economy difference are you seeing in that, so that you guys are getting fuel fewer pit stops? No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't know that was classified. Um, you know, racing's a pretty secretive, protective business. It, and okay, uh, let yeah. me rephrase that. <laughs> so, for everybody that's done this, has it been a significant improvement? At this point, or 
It's been different. It's been different. <laughs> okay. Nice. Okay. Um, I don't, don't want to cross that. I was trying to give something even more Fair enough. secretive to ask, but I, I can't. I, I don't know. That was I'll a good I'll talk question. about IndyCar all you want because that's in my past, but NASCAR uh, is current. What, it, what, what are IndyCars running now? It's, it's not the Delara. Or the, it's, which chassis are they on now? I think it is still a Delara. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then because originally the whole Delta Wing thing came about because they wanted to try to make that a chassis, right? Correct. But then they were like, screw it, Garage 56, Le Mans, let's go for it, yeah. which is awesome. And it's electric this year, right? No, yeah, it's a totally different car. Okay. It's uh, called the – I don't know if you pronounce it Zod or it's Z-E-O-D, but it's because it's, it's all in caps. Um, I'm just going to call it General Zod. <laughs> <laughs> Kneel before Zod. I like that a lot. It's the Zod RC, and it's, not, it's technically not 100% electric. It's a range-extended electric. So there is a gas motor on there. So their goal, because they haven't tested the car yet, they just announced that it's going to the Fuji Speedway to do demonstrations runs during the FIA World Endurance Championships. The reason I know that is because I wrote a story on it today. That's the only reason I know that. Um, and, uh, and driver Michael Crum is going to pilot it for a few demonstration laps, and they're going to do full electric laps. At Le Mans, the plan is to they'll be able to do one electric lap and then I think six gas-powered laps to recharge the electric and then go do another, which is actually... That's pretty neat. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're, for the demonstration run, they're just this isn't even a, an official test. This is more to show it to the public. Then they're shipping it to the UK. That's where the testing is going to go on. Hmm. Um, it, it looks slightly more radical than the Delta Wing. Okay. Um, it's just like more aggressive with the, the sculpting, I guess you could say. Um, and then w- when they get to the UK... Uh, Lucas Ordonez is going to drive it, which is kind of cool because that's the guy who won the original um, Nissan GT Academy. Do you remember when they did oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gran, the Gran Turismo, yeah. uh, the guy that came out of... He was the first yeah, winner neat. when he was like, I think, maybe 20 or, he, I don't know, maybe even younger. Uh, and he's been at Le Mans with them. He actually, last year, they finished uh, third in the LMP2 class. So the dude came from driving video games to podium, podium-ing, if that's a word, at... Uh, Le Mans in his class, which is amazing, and now he's doing development drives for Nissan. That is a that is a very talented. Stick guy. to video games, kids. Stick to video games. Stick to Stig, especially Forza, right, Chris? Yes. <laughs> uh, Forza is an interesting world game. That I got uh, there. Uh, so, I, I like that. There's innovation like that. The Delta Wing. I think it's really cool that yes. people are bringing different stuff. Like it used to, you know, like at Indy in the old days, right? I think used Porsche to- hates it though. Yeah, <laughs> didn't they punt it off that one? Or there was a whole. What was big, that? That I figured that if anybody, I think it was the GT Cup car that they got into a little tangle, yeah. and then it, the guy, the guy corrected, and then they, the their windows came up, and you see video of the Porsche driver putting both fingers up to the Delta because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it runs really low. Like it's way lower in person right. than you think. Well, the um, nose is so narrow, you don't know. Yeah, how it, it seems close like if, if anybody was going to be upset, it'd be Audi, and of course your your company Toyota, because they're the closest to actually getting to direct competition with those guys. Yes, um, that of course Nissan and, and Toyota are direct competitors anyway from way way back. Who's so Indy? It's only two people making the engines, right? It's GM and uh, Chevy and Honda. Chevy and Honda. Yeah. Um, it's good to see Honda in motorsports. I like seeing them in motorsports just be- as, a, as a Senna fan, uh, even though I know we've come a long way. But they are going back in to F- F1, yeah. which yeah. is huge. That's a, that's yeah. a big news. That, that company right is... Right as a new NSX is coming. 
that's yeah yeah come that's, on, that's that, pretty that cool. is very cool that's pretty cool although I'm, I'm still very disappointed that they ditched the v10 on the nsx and went with the v6 with the uh with the hybrid but just think about what that 918 spider just did and it's I, a wild setup i agree yeah v10 would have been awesome i i am not a i'm not one of these guys that will yeah, crap like, all over technology like sure. this because i find it cool if it's faster and it just so happens to actually be a lot more efficient as far as fuel economy. Fine, I don't, right. I don't mind. Best of both worlds. I'm not a purist in that regard. I just I love V10s. Yeah, V10s are cool. V10s make the best noise. Like ever. a Carrera GT noise over a 918 noise. There's no contest. The Carrera right. GT is one of the best sounding cars ever made. The Carrera GT, the LFA. I mean, LFA even, sounds amazing. That's awesome. Even like the Gallardo in the RS6 that share the Lamborghini V10. Yeah, I mean, those they are make wild such too. Especially like, noise. especially uh, I, I've seen. Simple YouTube videos of the Audi RS6 with the Militech exhaust, and it sounds mind-bendingly awesome. It's it sounds so good. Let me ask you this: You mentioned the sound of the V10 mm-hmm. is awesome, and there's discussion of a Formula E electric. Yeah, yeah I, see, I saw the demonstration. Yeah, what do you think? Will fans watch a silent race series? I think there might be a, there's potential for a generation of it. I think it's going to struggle in the beginning unless they get the names of the drivers. That, th- that's the real way to do it is get the names of the drivers. I, I, I look at the Formula E race series and I look at it as a great deal of potential because that means now without, the, without all the noise issues, they're going to be able to run races in the middle of big cities and not have an issue anymore. That's, that's a, a good, good point. point. Um, I think that that could actually end up drawing more people into it because now you could, you know, they did the demonstrations in downtown L.A. There's no way in hell they would have ever done that with F1 cars. No. Or Indy cars. Which is a shame because F1 and Indy cars rattling off the windows of a city is so awesome. Someone was telling me back in the day when Indy used to run a different route at Long Beach that included the the hill that they'd all get air there. And that – I mean that sounds amazing. Let's go back to that course. Um, Though I guess because I I was lucky enough to drive a parade lap at the past Long Beach Grand Prix, I probably would have – crash the car i was driving had that been part of the course um so maybe that's maybe that's good so I, i've got a question in regards to, to indy versus f1 seeing as how you were you were involved with indy for so long for the uninitiated myself included what are the major structural differences between between running and i mean obviously the engines are vastly different but what are the major differences in the chassis setup between an indy car and an f1 car it has good question. changed so much through the years. You almost have to pick a year because the rules, you know, we went in F1 to active suspension where everything was controlled, right? Yeah. And then they started taking some of the active controls out of it. Probably the biggest difference is that IndyCar has far fewer electronic controls, has and still has far fewer electronic controls. Right. So your your suspensions are more traditional. Your, you know, your, your controls are more well, traditional. You also have 5% of the F1 budget anyway. Yeah, but yeah. those things are still pretty cool. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah there's. A, now, I mean, the Indy cars were going faster than the F1 cars for the longest time. So, yeah. really, yeah, wow. yeah. The back in the, I mean, back in the heyday, uh, the Indy cars were producing five thousand pounds plus downforce at two hundred miles an hour. Jesus. I mean, they were phenomenal. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I was that, that Indy car race I was at in Long Beach was one of my first times really getting to see it, and it was cool because. Well, I mean, it's not cool that someone crashed in front of me, but I had great seats and someone crashed right in front of me. Um, but that's not the cool part. It was just it, the cars. The car sounded awesome going down the back straight at Long Beach, um, and it was it was really good to see them. And the crowd seemed way into it. And I know that California isn't necessarily considered a major hotspot for race 
fans in terms of watching motorsports, even though we do have a lot of participation in motorsports here. But, I mean, we do have a great fan base in California for motorsports. I mean, we have a NASCAR track. They come out west of Fontana. Uh, We've got Indy. We've got tons of drift events. We've got drag events. We've got got Laguna Seca. We've got, if we've only got by virtue tracks. of population alone, yeah. I mean, it's there's definitely basis. But when here. you but when you think of like motorsports fans, I don't think people immediately go California. No, and I can't blame them. But when you actually look at it, we're here. And I'd be willing to bet just just based on population alone, because California, right? California is something like it's something like thirteen percent of the entire U.S. population. Well, yeah, I mean, you can win on if you go pure population. Yeah, you probably win most. You probably have just on those numbers alone. You probably have more fans. Here, right. than every other state almost combined. Yeah, yeah, with like the exception of like Texas or something. Texas and New York just um, means their population. And just so. the drive down here. I mean, it's a car city, right? There's gearheads yeah. everywhere. It's fantastic. Have you been seeing some cool stuff out on the road? Ferraris, Bentleys, things you don't see in uh, in Mooresville, North Carolina. Yeah, Super I, I, kind of joke, I kind of jokingly call the 911 the Los Angeles Camry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. and I, I was telling him if and we didn't, so I was shocked. But I was going to say if we don't see three to four Tesla Model S's on the drive from my house to the podcast location, I'll be shocked. And we didn't, so I was shocked. Yeah, that is because you rare. see them in like in packs these days. You know what? If you'd been going through rush hour, you would have seen tons it. of them because the uh, there's one around the corner from my house. Yeah, SpaceX and of course then Tesla and you know all their employees because they they share some engineer. They're yeah. right down the street, so okay. they're here all the time. Um but you got to get some I mean I when I picture North Carolina and car culture, I picture during good weather periods some sweet ass muscle cars running around. A lot of neat muscle cars. Yeah. In fact, the um what was already faster than a redneck Oh, yeah, is, yeah. is at our home cart track at Carolina <laughs> oh, nice. Motorsports Park, and so nice. there are some really neat cars down there. Yeah. So that I mean, and when we were talking about like what our favorite cars are, and you mentioned like raw, you know, near race cars. My my personal preference is um, muscle cars. I I love muscle cars. Just the noise at idle. You know, I love going around corners fast, but I also I just love kind of cruising and, and Pacific Coast Highway, and we're in the right spot for that. Um, and I got. I got two good ones coming up. Um, I can't, and unfortunately, I, I didn't mean to segue into this yet, but next week I'm leaving to shoot uh, episodes one and two of season two of American Detours, and okay. I know what cars I'm going to be driving. And I can't tell you because they won't let me, but I will say that one of them is a British dream machine. Oh, I know what And it the is. other is my favorite muscle car that's not a Superbird. So that's all I can say, and I'm crazy excited to drive them both because I've never driven either. I can't wait to intercept that episode on the internet. <laughs> and we're uh, and we're doing uh, we're driving around the Reno Lake Tahoe area, so it should be pretty sweet. So that that will be fun. But right now, we were talking about earlier. I want to get back to this um, that Mazda Super Twenty. That's that's pretty that's sweet. A fun car. Uh, I just picked it up today. Uh, I'm gonna try to do something with it. I only have it for three days, so I got to hustle on putting together some coverage on it. But in the meantime, I mean. This thing is a blast. It sounds awesome when you fire it up. Uh, it's super raw inside with the roll cage right behind our heads. It sits low to the ground. It's got a wider stance than your average Miata. It's just it's it's excellent. This is it's probably the bet. It is it is the best Miata I've ever driven. It, they, I almost wish they would offer one for like trying to think like what it would cost. I mean, it'd be at least thirty. I'd say thirty-two. No, Thirty-five thousand. Yeah. Because you, because I think the Miata already tops out at like thirty-two. Wow, I, I think that 
and and just watching what what Honda did with their with the new Civic R that's coming out in Europe, mm. I think just to even be able to to compete now, this the the Miata is going to have to turbocharge of sometime in the next five or six years, just to be able to keep up with the rest of the the pack. Well, the good thing is that they've always said that their next generation Miata is going to be lighter, and the car's already light. And they say they they and when they say lighter, I think they're stressing it, and that's going to be fantastic because it's going to make that that as a dynamics engineer, that's going to be like the your your magic hot button key thing. Oh, like if we can drop weight, we can make this thing handle and yeah. dance and just go nuts. It's become, I think, the easy way to make a, to hot rod a car because so much weight has been added in all the systems. I yeah, mean, yeah, and it's, I, I like that. And in my head, it's the next because the horsepower race. I'd like to think it can only go so far, but it keeps seem seem to be going like crazier and crazier. Um, like we just talked about that Selena Seven that was making like twenty two hundred horse or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I think the next race is a race and a quest for lightness, and they can only do it at the automaker level. They can't obviously get rid of safety systems. They have to do it with keeping that in mind. But I think there's going to be a quest to find a way to do that, and I think the key to that down the road probably you know 15 years out but once they figure out how to make affordable um carbon composite body cells well i think that the interesting thing is is that between toyota and gm they've both invested very heavily into inexpensive carbon for mass production i mean those are the two obviously those are the two auto manufacturers with the deepest pockets because they're the two largest right um but I mean, I know GM for a fact, and I don't know so much with Toyota. I've read bits and pieces, but I know GM's got an entire research facility in Mich- Michigan, just going, "How cheap can we get this?" Well, when uh, when I was in Germany driving that XL1, one of the things that was kind of astonishing was they were saying when they make the monocoque for that car, which is carbon fiber composite, um, they've cut the process because usually it was like a hand built thing. Now they can have robots do it, and they cut it down. They could pop one out every two hours if they needed to. That's impressive. Have That's you done amazing. much work with carbon? Or? I have uh, IndyCar, all the design work well. The majority of the design work we did was carbon, was, was uh, laminate structures, composites. How, how feasible is it to start doing some suspension components out of carbon? Oh, Doesn't F1 feasible. do that? They do. Yeah. They do. And um, In fact, I've, I've seen, this is not with, this is with another car company, but I've seen composite bodies and composite uh, presses to mm-hmm. make composite parts so it's doable and i think it it kills two birds with one stone right uh, the lower you know the non-performance cars you gain fuel mileage right so you do get some economy of scale right and then your higher performance cars you you, you gain strong weight yeah now yeah. what takes more stress as a component if this is possible to figure out a wheel or a sus- or suspension a wheel particularly a wheel. impact so They've already there's companies now just starting to make carbon fiber wheels. Yeah. So well, if that takes more stress than suspension, I would think. Yeah. Years ago, I mean, I, I grew up. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up. I spent the last three years of high school in South Florida, and and one of my friends there was Jacob. Mosler. He doesn't want to admit that he spent too much time in Florida. No, I love I, it. I hate that. State. I love it. <laughs> I hate that state. Um, but <laughs> it's awesome. It's. Uh, I like was in Florida for like three seconds, and uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I was there with the. Oh, that's right. I've seen you on Cops. Yes. <laughs> different thing. Different thing. But yeah, uh, one of my friends was Jacob Moser, and his dad is Warren Moser of the Moser Race Cars, and they were doing some testing with Dimag back in the day, and they were doing. I think they actually produced the very first carbon fiber wheels. 
but from my my recollection at the time, they were also seeing massive amounts of failure. Those were the three-piece wheels, right? Yes. Because the other company finally just came out with the one-piece. Right. But that was 15 years ago. Right. Right. No, still impressive. And still impressive. Whatever happened (laughs) with that Mosler weird thing with the Asian chick and the the music video? Oh, that wasn't them. That was not them. That was... It was a different guy. It was a guy that used to work for the company. And, like, sell their cars? That was a guy that used to work for the company. And then... Matt, you know, once again, Matt, you know, from the car show, they, they, that guy completely misrepresented everything with that. Right. And they like, Did that turbocharged on the car that. show? Yeah, they had brought like the car to the it? show and it failed on the show. The car was never designed for the cooling requirements of a turbocharged system. It was always built as a naturally aspirated car. So, of course, when they went to go and test it, it kept overheating. Because that, that guy emailed me like six months after that happened, like trying to like, yeah, Todd. start stuff back up. Yeah, Todd Wagner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got that email out. I'm like, I don't even know how this guy has my email address. And uh, it was weird. Yeah. Um, um, he he did. Let me put it this way. I've got some inside baseball on that. He had some funny business in the company. He was not associated with the company. And they did not appreciate what he did. And that chick was like his wife or his girlfriend or just a girlfriend. His ex-wife is actually at Mosler. Oh, Interesting. So fun that's cars, okay. Interesting. Segue. They were fun cars. Yeah. I got a couple of spins in them when I was younger. The they Raptor were, uh, or impressive. the MT900. MT900. Then the Raptor was the juiced up version of it. It was, I think at the time it was like 2,600 pounds, making over 400 horsepower. So it's like my Civic. Yeah. Yeah. In weight, my Civic was <laughs> 2,600 pounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just like to bring that up in case anyone listening wants to buy it. For it's the a perfect love of God. Lemons car. Come on. It's, put some, I know, uh, but it's it is. I just don't have the time or the money for would, lemons. It'd I be a great car a for car. your son. Um, I really no, want to make it, that a it'd race car. It'd be an awesome lemons car. It would kick ass at lemons. Time actually. and money are no excuses, Jeff. I know. I know. Uh, that's a very good uh, point. Do you guys? Um, I mean, I know you're focused on the carts, but uh, do you guys have any project vehicles or fun toys at home besides the carts, or is that kind of the focus right that now? That is the focus. And the yeah, chump car. Uh, 28 race season or so something like that so we're pretty pretty darn busy but uh we'll see we'll see what comes down the pike we'd love to do a hot rod my son uh uh is in love with drift cars okay plans to build a 240 plans to work with the uh the guys at uh jdm hookup in st louis okay that do nice. the coyote tube frame drift car so we'll, we'll get there that's awesome um well i gotta tell you skip you brought some delicious beer you are better at bringing beer than blake um, you said that you have a Skip Barber certificate, so one of these days we'll have to get you and Blake head-to-head on the track because he is a CTSV school graduate. Can I substitute my son? Uh, I think that would be yes. hilarious. <laughs> yes. Actually, that wouldn't even be funny. I mean, Blake would get destroyed. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I'm not seeing where the humor disappears. <laughs> You're right. We need to film this and make it happen. We'll be in North Carolina in three weeks. Perfect. Um, Skip, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, timing worked out great that you're out here. And uh, again... Uh, thanks again for the beer. That's it for episode 27. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. That was a blast. <laughs>